Welcome to the Transform Your Mind Radio Hour and Podcast, a show about transformation, mindset transformation. This is Life Coach Marnie Young, and in my book, Out of the Snares, A Story of Hope and Encouragement, I share my journey of being born in poverty in Guyana to have an abundance in America. And I did it by changing my mindset. Let's go do it. Each week, I bring you guests or one-on-one coaching sessions to help you change your mindset and transform your life. Transform Your Mind, Transform Your Life, radio, podcast, and television show. I'm your host, Life Coach Renee Young, and sitting in the guest chair today is Sushal Tokiki. Sushal is a 9-11 survivor and author of the book On a Wing and a Prayer, and today we are going to be talking about using the life-altering benefits of meditation and mindfulness to heal after tragedy. And I am really, really going to enjoy talking uh, to, to Kushal about his experience in 9-11 and his book. Um, so we're going to go deep. And, of course, we're going to go even deeper and more into mindfulness and meditation. So it's going to be, listen, stick around. This is going to be a powerful, powerful interview. Welcome, Kushal. Thank you, Verna. Thanks for having me. You're very welcome. All right. You see how I set them up? Okay. <laughs> about Kushal. Kushal's thriving career as an analyst at Goldman Sachs was forever changed on September 11, 2001, as he made a split-second decision to abandon his office and co-workers who refused to leave the World Trade Center. Managing to narrowly escape, he witnessed the magnitude of death and destruction up close and was plunged into a lengthy depression where he found himself believing life was meaningless. His search for a renewed purpose began with a reluctant trip to a breathwork workshop and eventually turned into a decade-long journey of spiritual discovery, mind-blowing metaphysical experiences, and a fierce devotion to the life-altering benefits of mindfulness and meditation. Today, Kushal and his wife run Elements Truffles, a New York-based artist—I know I'm going to mess this one up—artisanal chocolate company built on values of Ayurveda, sustainability, giving back, and ethical trade. Kushal is a trainer of personal development, meditation, wellness, and leadership programs for the Art of Living Foundation. He has taught, taught series of breathwork and meditation thousand across the U.S., Europe, and Asia, and he serves on the U.S. Board of the International Association of Human Values, which is IAHB. Wow. Listen, you have seen that up close. You've tangled with the devil, you know what I mean, and you've come out (laughs) on the other side. So, first off, can you tell us about that day that changed your life, 9-11-2001, and how that tragedy made you more receptive to a new spiritual path of mindfulness and meditation? Great question, Verna. I think, um, you know, as I recall, the day started as any other day where I was on my way to work, and um, as I was coming out of the... The, the subway stop in the bowels of the World Trade Center. Um, that's when, uh, when I was in the North Tower, that's when the first plane hit the building. And, of course, the pandemonium broke around me, and, you know, I froze in that moment. I didn't know how to process all that. People were just running around, saying things that they understood or they perceived. Someone was saying the bomb has gone off. Nobody really knew. Only one thing was evident was there was a fear. There was a palpable fear in the atmosphere. That, that's all I, I very clearly remember. Um, and 
against the advice, the advice of, uh, of the security person who was asking everyone to stay within because obviously it was unsafe to be outside. Um, I stepped out um, and I was looking at the building trying to process what had just happened. Another plane just came through the corner of my left eye and, and pierced the south tower. Of course, in that moment, it became clear that there was this, this was a more deliberate action. And what followed after that, people jumping in front of me just to end it willfully or, or, or uh, the first responders going in, uh, almost walking into their own, um, you know, end. Um, it was all kind of very um, unexpected and very difficult to process, let alone imagine. It felt like a, a scene from an apocalypse movie, you know, that you, you can almost imagine, but you never think you would be part of it, you would be living it. Um, and as I was running away from it, you know, the, the, the second tower just collapsed. And by stroke of luck, I just jumped on a ferry on the other end of the island that was leaving Manhattan. Um, and I, I ended up being the last person on the last ferry that left the island that day. Um, and wow. in that moment, I realized that, you know, I had, when I had turned into a statistic that I was now a, a survivor. And, you know, what that day kind of prepared for me as, as how you laid out earlier is kind of a, a, um, a foundation for what was to come uh, on, on my uh, remaining, you know, part of the journey. On part of me was feeling very grateful, very happy that I had uh, I had made it out alive and I, I survived this horrific attack. Uh, so there was an enthusiasm to finish the unfinished business. You know, I used to work on Wall Street, so I, I was like, oh yes, now that American dream that I had come to pursue as an as a uh, as an immigrant, I had to go after it with even more energy. Um, but then part of me was thinking. But what's the point of all this? You know, so there was this, there was an interesting push and pull um, that that created a, a, a kind of a, a feeling of confusion, a feeling of void in in my head, and I didn't know really how to how to how to get out of it. I, I was just distracting myself by changing jobs, by by traveling around the world, by doing this, by pursuing that. But it was not that. Um, and, and for the first time, um, I felt that, you know, I, I, I questioned the status quo. The first time I felt like there had to be more to life than what just met the eye. You know, the, otherwise that being entrenched in that intense Wall Street culture was, was so effortless. It was just, uh, you were in it and then the, the, the force of the current was so strong that I had even stopped asking what I was doing or why I was doing what I was doing. And an event like this was a wake-up call. It was uh, something that, that shook me up from my reverie and, and made me ask a, a bigger question, which I had never imagined uh, that, that, that I, would, I could, or I, I was answerable to uh, myself. Um, and yeah, that, that, so this was a, a life-changing event. And you know, I, I I talk to many people, and I say maybe 9/11 was an event for me, but I feel everyone had or has had their own 9/11 in their life. You know, whether they were it was that day 20 years ago, or maybe a pandemic like what we've just been through. Yes. 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 Yeah, yeah, we all we all walk away from something, you know. Um, yeah, we can all walk away from something. Okay, so um, uh, so you weren't at work yet when it happened. You were just coming out of the subway. Were you? You know, sometimes people say, you know, um, obviously you were. It was in your time, but there, a, a lot of times how that shows up is maybe you were. Um, for instance, we had a similar situation happen here in Florida. Well, it was really similar, but the building collapsed, right? In Miami, yes. Right, you saw that on Surfside, right? Yes. And one of the guys that was speared, that was living in the property, said that he went, he went to his girlfriend's house, and um, 
she went for a swim, and um, she asked, she decided that he shouldn't go home with the, with the wet clothes, that he should put the, um, that she should put the clothes in the dryer. And that saved his life, <laughs> because he didn't go home. So did anything like that happen to you in that day where you running late for work, where you're supposed to be at work on time, or this was just normal? Did you have any situations there? No? No, but I, I do have a situation where there was this person, the security person was asking us to go back in the building uh, because, you know, if you step outside, just on the other side of that glass door, it was raining cement chips, that insulation from the walls, that glass splinters, ambers from the sky. It was like really uh, unsafe. And so he was asking people to stay within um, you know, out of goodwill, he was just, you know, he didn't know any better. Um, and, and so, but in that moment, I decided, decided to, to step out. I had, a, I had a voice from behind just tell me, tap on my shoulder and say, just go. Um, and so, yeah, that was my, um, you know, throw your clothes in the dryer moment where okay. I, I, I just decided to disobey the... Let's talk about what is professional today. On LinkedIn, important conversations are happening around what it means to be a professional. As the host of the Transform Your Mind podcast, being professional means to me being respectful of my guests and their time. Right now, LinkedIn members are talking about things like needing more flexibility around where we work, how we work, and even taking time away from work to focus on family or mental health. Because those things should not stunt our career development and growth. Instead, they should enhance it as we show up on our own terms. Members are even putting what's most important to them into their job titles with things like podcast, host, slash activist, slash mom. I know I'm going to update my job title to say, podcast host, slash life coach, slash realtor, slash wife, slash mom. Professionals is earth to divine. And our authentic self is our professional self. So if your LinkedIn doesn't reflect who you are, update your job title. Go ahead, post your truth. Show the world the authentic professional you. And join the conversations redefining professional on LinkedIn. LinkedIn welcomes professionals. And then, and then the, the building collapsed for the people that were in it. Is that what happened? I have no idea or to, to what happened to people inside. I hope, uh, because there was a matter of about 20, 25 minutes between I stepped out and the building collapsed. So maybe there was, you know, I, I hope in that meantime, people kind of saw that there was a danger and they stepped out. I, I don't know. I have no way to. But I, I, I see where we're going with that. Yes, like if you had stayed in, regardless. Right. Wow. So that is your. So yeah. So you know, when we think about when we think about that kind of event, um, uh, the way that you went first is depression. Um, what was what was meaningless? And I think what I heard you say earlier is that you, when you felt that life was meaningless, you felt that you're maybe you're. Your job as a, an analyst in Goldman Sachs and, and the, the, that kind of stuff was meaningless, right? Is that what you were saying? Yeah. So I, you know, um, I, I think we 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 paint that feeling with broad brush, and we say it was depression. I think usually depression follows with a lack of interest, right, in, in anything around us. But for me, it was it was exactly the opposite. I had I was feeling so grateful that you know I have a second lease on life. And I had to go after whatever was unfinished with even more gusto. So mm-hmm. I had I had tremendous force of life in me. Okay. It's just that I, w- I began questioning the purpose of it. That that what's really the point of it? I mean, I, I was I was doing well in my career. Um, I, I got married to my soulmate. So I was I was in a in the eyes of the world. I was thriving. Um, so it was, I wouldn't really call it depression, but it was just, you know, sometimes you are on autopilot, right? You're on a conveyor belt and you were just going with the force of life. And then something hits you with a club in your head and says, you know, makes you question, 
is this conveyor belt right for you? Right, um, right, right. So that that was like a that was a, the first time I questioned the purpose. Okay, okay, all right. So um, and then um, uh, you know, going through the bio here, and then you know, you found your purpose by going to a work, workshop and breath work, and um, uh, you know that started your um, decades-long journey in spiritual discovery. So um, why do you feel that proper breathing was so important to healing trauma? I don't know if you felt that you were traumatized from that, but um, uh, if, if we don't want to use the word trauma, um, why do you think the breath work is so important to healing you know, our minds then? I have to preface that uh, in, in, in spirit of being very open and honest, that I did not go to that thing, uh, that event, looking for a purpose. I was almost pushed into it against all my reluctance. You know, I was not looking for it. In mm -hmm. fact, I was averse to it, Myrna. I yeah. thought that meditation or breath work was something you do uh, when, you, when you're done with life and you retire and when you have nothing else to do, that's when you pursue all these alternative okay. modalities that whatever you, you may call okay. them. Okay. Because lest they take the edge off of you, what if they make you so calm that you you give up everything? You know, I had a very different understanding of what meditation was. I thought meditation was anti progress. Okay. That it was anti passion. Okay. Mm -hmm. So I didn't want to go. I, I I really was enjoying what I was doing. So I didn't want to go and and become a monk. You know, I didn't want that. So reluctantly, I I went there. And the first time, so there was a spiritual master, Gurudev Sri Sri Ravi Shankar, who was traveling. He had come to New York, and against all my reluctance and aversion to. Was he with his wife? Yes, yes, I, I was with my wife. Usually, what wives do? Okay. <laughs> She, you're, you're right. You, 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 you picked it. She was the one who said, "Let's go." You know, wh what's the worst that can happen? Let's just check it out. Mm -hmm. And um, um, so the first time I I meditated there uh, with this teacher, this, this spiritual master, and it was a, you know I had read out all about this keeping your mind in the present moment, or you know not think of past or future or present moment is the present, you know, live in the moment. It was a fantastic, very well-read intellectual concept lodged firmly in my head. But the first time I meditated, Mirna, it was, it became a tangible experience that what it is to be in the moment or what it is to have a mind without any turbulence, a mind without any thought. And that was the first time I experienced that. And I felt... to do that right away? Because most people take some time to get there. Yes. I And I personally had tried it so many times before, and it didn't go anywhere. Okay. Um, because, and, I, and I, I want to come to that why, why that was the case. This time, I effortlessly got there, and I'm like, oh, wow, this is good. But then, again, you know, that Wall Street trained mind doesn't want to take anything on its face value, right? So it says, wait, where's the hidden muffin here? Did I fall asleep? Was this a placebo? What's going on here? So then I started looking for scientific validation, that, that left brain person that I was. I started looking for all the scientific underpinnings of that practice or that meditation that I experienced. And then I realized that it was real deal, that there were you know, peer-reviewed journals that talked about exactly what happened in our system. Um, that, that gave you that sense of peace and calm. Mm -hmm. Then I was convinced that, okay, no, perhaps this is something that I want to explore deeper and see what what lies on the other other side of it. Okay, yeah, that's awesome. Now you're talking about left brain. I was doing an exercise the other day. You know, I meditate every day myself. But I was doing an exercise the other day, and um, they were saying that in order to switch your, yourself from a, a left brain to a right brain person, you gotta you gotta start visualizing um, and doing things like that. And um, 
and that means that you're accessing your, your right brain, you know. So that was kind of good for me to understand the difference um, between the left brain and right brain. I mean, my introduction to that was people that are logical or and people that are emotional. But, you know, it's, it's deeper than that. So that, that's pretty good that you mentioned that. As a left-brained person, you've got to have the logical, and then you, you – so now you're probably almost purely right brain, right? <laughs> I, I think the balance of both is important. Okay. I think left brain is logic, um, uh, analysis, um, intensity. Right brain is more flow state, um, you know, calm, um, music, you know, all of that, that emotion. So I think a balance of both, a judicious balance of both is very important. Either end of the spectrum, you somewhat lead an unbalanced life. Um, and, and, and you want to, I think you want to be uh, walking that razor edge which balances both. Um, and and to, to my experience, that gives the most uh, joy in whatever you do. In the middle, right? Okay. This song is called The Cross by Kevin Carter. This song was a story my grandfather told me many times as a child. Contact Kevin at 214-986-4510 if you would like to record this song for your gospel album. empowerment through literature. Ideally, we would all have personal mentors in key areas of our lives. For most though, this isn't the case. Thus, we turn to the knowledge of others to empower us. The Ivy League specializes in compiling and delivering knowledge to the public through literature. We aim to make sure that our books are impactful, but also simple to read at all reading levels. Check out books like The Credit Bible, Power Mindset Mastery, Creating Generational Wealth, and much more. The Ivy League is a black student-owned business. All support is greatly appreciated. Head over to www.theivyleague.com for empowerment through literature. The website again is www.theivi. L-E-A-G-U-E dot com. All right. So um, you were telling us how you got there to a breathing thing and how it changed you. Why do you think that um, breathing, because I've actually heard that before. Why do you think the proper breathing heals your trauma? Is it, is it to do with being in the present moment and, and getting rid of all the thoughts? Is that, that's, is that the doorway? There's a deeper scientific uh, uh, kind of effect that's happening on our nervous system. You know, Myrna, any life experience that you go through, whether it's pleasant or unpleasant, it leaves a lesion or a scoff mark on your nervous system. Mm -hmm. right? It leaves like a, an impression in, in our system somewhere. You know, give me, let me give you an example of, of something so simple as have, wanting to have a coffee in the morning, right? You like your cup of coffee. First day, somebody offers you a cup of coffee in the morning. Oh, this is the greatest thing ever. Next day, 
when you look at coffee, you remember the experience you've had before, and you say, oh, no, I want that. Third day, 8 a.m., you're going to go and switch on that coffee machine. <laughs> and right. the next day, if you don't have coffee in your apartment, that's going to make you feel miserable. Right? So something as innocent as a coffee has created a pattern or a conditioning of our mind, of our inner system. Mm -hmm. yep. Some of the traumatic events or some of the events of loss or anything have a very similar effect. Mm -hmm. That being in that or seeing something similar that evokes that emotion keeps taking you back to that emotion. You know, for the, for the longest time, every time I would remove my shoes at the airport, it would take me back to the morning of 9-11. Really? Yeah, that was an impression that that thing had created in my mind, and now any such related events were taking me back yeah. to the past, not letting me be in the more present. Although it had nothing to do with 9-11, I was going on a vacation, right? But I would, they asked me to remove my shoes. That's what I was thinking, if you took off your shoes that day, but now I'm thinking it's the airplane, probably it, right? Yeah, and, and that too, right? So, so what this... By the way, the practice that I learned, this breathwork technique, is called sky breath meditation. Mm -hmm. And what this sky breath meditation does is harnessing the rhythm of your own breath. Mm -hmm. It scrubs your nervous system of this debilitating impression. These impressions that hold you back, the impressions that don't allow you to be more present, the impressions that take you back into those moments that you don't want to go back to. Right. You know, whether, again, anything, whether it is of something that, that where you feel, okay, uh, you lost a job, and the next time you go through that, that same street, you, you take it back to that, that, right? So, you get it. So, all these impressions make us, you know, tied, they tie us to our past. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. What I experience with this guy breath is, without effort, you, you said a very beautiful thing earlier that I want to come to it. You said you require visualization, right? To, to go back, to, to, to transcend from left brain to right brain. Mm -hmm. All these different practices or all these different things that I tried before required some effort. Visualization is an effort. Yes. Not thinking of something or resisting thought is an effort. Mm -hmm. And as you know, who's focused so much on transforming the mind, you can't control your mind from the level of your own mind. <laughs> right? If I ask you to close your eyes and say, We're not, not to do something, that's exactly what it does. Exactly. So you got it. Isn't it a, you know, that, and that's the nature of the mind. It cannot, you cannot control it with your mind. Right, right. And mind does not subscribe, doesn't listen to effort. Your body listens to effort. If you want to build muscles, you have to put effort. But mind is complete effortless. So what the sky breath did was without effort, it scrubbed this impression and effortlessly took my mind to a place which was meditation. I did not have to put an effort to meditate. In the past, I, have, I tried so hard to meditate. Yeah. But the minute I closed my eyes, all the tools, all, all, yeah. all the profound ideas about what I wanted to have for dinner, all this trivial things would flood my awareness to the point that I cannot meditate. But now with the sky breath meditation, just through that simple act of breath work, breathing, it effortlessly took me there and like dropped me there. And that was meditation. Okay. Okay. All right. Awesome. All right. Now, um, you also talked about Ayurveda. Is Ayurveda part of breath work or just uh, meditation or what exactly is that? Ayurveda is, um, well, uh, if you just break down the name, Ayu is life and Veda is science. So Ayurveda is just a science of life. Um, it's also colloquially known as the you know, sister science to yoga. Mm. See how yoga focuses on body and mind and mm. breath. Ayurveda focuses on nutrition. Mm. 
what you put inside your system. Okay. So it focuses on achieving harmony, balance through your food. It says your food is your medicine. You know, unlike a lot of these trends these days, you know, keto or 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 paleo, where, where you do certain things and you definitely don't do certain things. Right. You know, they are not they are not something you can adapt forever, and that's why they are trends. That's why they are. It's a phase of your life, and after a point, you say, "Okay, now I want to go back to my normal life. I've had it now, right?" Well, you know, I don't know why I've not actually, you know, investigated that because I saw a lot of, um, you know, Indian um, gurus, not even gurus. I love Deepak Chopra, and um, I started following that guru, and both of them talk about Ayurveda, and um, and I know it has some kind of connection to yoga, but I never heard the food or nutrition part of it. So that's good. So, okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so nutrition is a part of it. Ayurveda is very deep. Ayurveda is very deep. And it has to do with the um, with the planets. It has to do with how, how with the seasons. It has to do with the time of the day. But, but it's all about bringing that balance, bringing that harmony in your system through eating right at the right time in the right mm-hmm. amount. Mm. You know, so we, I realized that as I went deeper into my practice of meditation, my nutrition automatically started ali- aligning with what Ayurveda recommended. Oh, okay. And it was very beautiful. It didn't say, do this, don't do this. It was never about that. Mm. And the minute someone says, don't do this, I want to do that. So... Yeah. I'm that kind of person. So that's why Ayurveda resonated with me because it said, do everything. Just do it in the right amount at the right time. Uh, of course, you know, if, if you are severely diabetic, then, then you have certain ways. To, if you have certain, right. certain physical ailments or conditions, that, then there are certain things you definitely don't do. But right. for more or less, for the normal life, um, it doesn't have any restrictions about this or that. Um, and and that that was you, very. Uh, you very interesting. Book? Do you talk about it in your book? I don't talk about it in, in, much in my book. Uh, my book is more about you know how I stumbled upon this breathwork, the the art and science of breathwork, and how I kept going through it um, as a as a skeptic, left brain person questioning it here. Yes, okay. yes, okay. having irrefutable experiences on every step that I could not even uh, so book with Ayurveda then because you made it sound very interesting so I'll um, I'll, I'll definitely go pick up a book on that um, alright so that, that's good so so let's go a little deeper now into meditation and mindfulness and um, and how does that allow you to stay resilient in the face of challenges so I want to make a slight distinction here between mindfulness and, and meditation, okay. um, right? Because oftentimes they, they, they are used interchangeably. Um, okay. And they, they have very similar roots, but somewhere they branch out a little bit. Okay. Um, and mindfulness is, again, about, as it says, being aware, being mindful of what to do, what not to do, following certain rules, not following certain rules. If you look at it scientifically, mindfulness is a frontal cortex activity in your brain. Need money? We offer easy approval business loans. Could your business use 100K or maybe 250K? Are you a commercial or real estate investor or just need working capital? Purchase equipment, own a barbershop or maybe a restaurant? We make accessing money easy. When your bank says no, we say yes. You need money? Contact A1 Financial Enterprise, 1-800-788-2322, www.a1financial.biz, funding at a1financial.biz. Your potential is Archetype's passion. As we get older and our bodies start reminding us that we're not getting any younger, we start to lose that spark that allows us to stay energized. If pain, anxiety, or lack of sleep are holding you back from doing the things you love, 
Archetypes CBD products can help. Archetypes offer high-potency, bioavailable, all-natural CBD products. To learn how CBD works on your body, try Archetypes CBD Starter Kit, which includes one bottle of our entry-level CBD oil, which is 250 milligrams, and one tub of our best-selling CBD-enriched skin cream, 500 milligrams and start living to your highest potential. Head over to Archetype Life and use coupon code FCOVID to start receiving 20% off your CBD purchase. That website again is www.arketype.life. And, and when you are in that state, you, you connect with yourself and meditation happens. You, my, my teacher, Gurudev Shri Shri Ravishankar says, you don't do meditation. Meditation happens to you. Meditation happens when you're ready, when, when you are receptive to it. You're in that moment. You just, you're, you just be. And you use the breath. You use the breath as a tool to transcend. Otherwise, you know, we talked about it. The thoughts will not let you go there. Hey, hey, but, hey. But use a tool like sky breath or some breath work technique that lets you go there. Um, mm-hmm. And when that happens, you connect with yourself. And the more you are in touch with yourself, the more resilient you automatically become. The more aware you are at every moment, the more what is important and what is not becomes very clear. So you may have these memories, like for example, if you, like how you asked me earlier, take us to that day. I can close my eyes and I can see every little detail in crystal clarity, but does it have the same emotional garbage or that negative charge that it used to have? No. So it it does make you, the breath work and combination of that with meditation definitely makes you very resilient. Definitely gives you that clarity and and you know it's like it's like children. Like children are very resilient. And now you can say, oh yeah, because they haven't seen life, mm-hmm. right? If you if you ask a child whether you want a piece of candy or peace of mind, you know they definitely go for piece of candy, right? Because they have not experienced that turbulence, right? And Scientifically, that turbulence is all those impressions, those scuff marks on the nervous system. But when the breathwork cleans them up, it takes you back to that childlike state of nervous system, clean and strong. Yeah. <clears throat> As you were talking, I remember, you know, that um, exactly what it, no, for me, because I meditate every day, what I have found is that, well, just what you said, it's, um, you know, it clears away um, your reaction to stuff. You know what I mean? Um, uh, you know, like I, I know people that the smallest thing shuts them off because they're never in that space of peace and calm and whatever, and things trigger them. For me, it helps me to not respond and react as quickly, you know, if you're seeing it's clear in the shutdown. <clears throat> but one of the other things I noticed is that, you know, you can be talking to someone that is recall, re, 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 recalling something that happened 20 years ago, and they're crying. And I know that I'm in this space to know that they have not dealt with that. Because if they had dealt with it, they wouldn't have emotions and they wouldn't cry. And that's basically what you've just said and explained. So, you know, um, Every day is a learning experience, and sometimes you get some information and you don't have all of it, but you know. <clears throat> so I knew that if somebody is still responding by crying or, or something, that they haven't dealt with that. But now you've told me that um, it's because it's a stock mark on their nervous system and they're actually remembering it. So breathing and meditation allows you to somehow um, you know, erase that and find that peace and calm. Now, does it also 
because you're an expert, so I'm going to ask you this. So when you when you stay still, right, and you go inside, um, it also allows you to connect to God, right? How does how does that help with the nervous system and the stuff marks? <laughs> so yeah, I mean, whether you call it God, whether you call it consciousness, whether you call it self. Okay. It's all the same thing. It's that, you know, something that connects you and me, right? Something that's common between you and me. And and that action of going deeper, connecting with the self, is that. Is, is, that is meditation. Okay. When you're in touch with your, that self, you just a, a dip into it. You're actually using higher self. You know, I thought you meant, you know, there are bodies here, but... When you're saying self, you're saying Heller's higher self, which is also God and consciousness and all that. And that's how you connect. Okay. That is. That is. So there are, there are, Mirna, there are seven layers to who we are. You know, we are not just this physical body, right? Of course, we are this body. That's how we perceive and enjoy the world. But that's not about it. Sorry, my phone is, my computer is dying. Okay. So there are seven layers to who we are, right? The mm-hmm. grossest layer is this body. Subtler than the body is our breath. Beyond the breath is our mind. Now, mind, I don't mean the brain, but that faculty that analyzes, that judges, that destroys and recreates. Beyond the mind is intellect. The faculty that makes that, that, dis- that discriminates, that perhaps is going in your mind right now as you're listening to it, is that right? Maybe that's right. No, yes, no, right? That's intellect. Okay. And, and intellect makes that those decisions based on what? It's past experiences. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Which are stored in our memory. Mm-hmm. Beyond the memory is our sense of identity, or also something that we've known as ego. And past that layer of ego is the self, who we really are. So mm-hmm. all the life that's happening back to teaching. So all the life that happens to us mm-hmm. is happening on these six layers of our existence body, breath, mind, intellect, memory and ego. All the impressions are collected somewhere along these six layers. And meditation is going past the six layers to yourself. Past mm-hmm. the six layers. And it's very difficult to go there without a technique. Ah. It's very difficult to go past your own body. Sometimes you sit and you just sleep off. Sometimes you just sit and you have some aches and pains. Sometimes you sit and you have crazy thoughts. Sometimes you sit and you have doubts of why am I wasting this when I could be watching Netflix. (laughs) Right? So all our... Our entire being revolves around the six layers unless we have a technique <coughs> to pole vault past the six layers into the cell. And that, that technique is what you're talking about, the uh, breath work? That's the sky breath meditation technique. Okay. Sky breath, okay. So I'll make a note of that. And you talk about that <coughs> in your book? Yes, I do talk about it at length, of why it works and how it works. And the technique? And the technique itself, yeah. Awesome. So well, I'm definitely going to get your book. <laughs> <laughs> I would yeah. love to facilitate sky breath. You know, I, it's one, something I do as, as my, my way of giving back. I volunteer my time, facilitate sky breath meditation, and I teach it. You know, it's just as a, I volunteer that, you know, as a, as a way of paying forward. So I would love to do it with you and or your audience. It would be an honor. Okay. All right. Well, yeah, you know. You, you know, you've got to sit and be quiet and, and yeah, I, they have to do it on their own. <laughs> but, you know, they get your book and then they will get the technique. So what you said is really good because, you know, people talk about meditation. Okay, let's, let me tell you what I do. So mindfulness, I practice mindfulness um, because it's a big word now. Mm-hmm. And, and, and most of the time we're not mindful. We're running on autopilot. We're not aware of our breath. We're being breathed. We don't know what we're doing. So, you know, I practice mindfulness by, you know, they're saying, okay, feel your, you know, when I do mindfulness meditation, 
you know, feel where your body touches the surface that you're, you're sitting on. If, when I'm walking and I do mindfulness, you know, I'm, 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 I'm seeing my feet or being aware of my feet that are just walking. So I practice mindfulness. Um, and, 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 you know, and, and also with, um, you know, the meditation you're talking about, you know, I sit, they're saying that, you know, you, now I sit on my meditation cushion. I heard that's the thing. <laughs> I get my meditation cushion and I sit and my body relaxes. So my meditation is just about relaxing the body. Nobody told me that you have to have a technique to get all the way to yourself, to higher yourself and all that. I heard, you know, Deepak talk about, you know, mind, body, intellect, you know, and, and everybody talks about the ego. So you have just given me some more information that I had, and I was, I've been in this space for a long time. So thank you for that information, So I'm not really going to get your book because I want the technique, because I just didn't relax and, you know, whatever. <laughs> and no, you, you're absolutely right, because the, the, every technique has some benefit, whether whether it serves your body, whether it serves your mind, whether it serves your intellect or, or memory, it, ha it brings some relaxation. Mm -hmm. But you want something beyond just dry relaxation technique. You can even go to a spa and relax. But you want a technique that, that nourishes all the different layers of yourself. You know, we, we, there's this whole thing about this, this dimension, right? Like, I say like the outer dimension and the inner dimension. See, most of the things we do in our life is, is spent in nurturing the outer dimension. Whether it's our bank balance, whether it's our relationships, whether it's our physical body, whether it's the home we live in, it's all the outer dimension. But the real peace or, or real sense of well-being comes from what's what's inside the inner dimension and most of the techniques that i tried before i came to sky breath i tried a lot of modalities Mirna. i've tried so many different techniques most of them stopped at the outer dimension you know and and it was after all that different different trying different things i found this technique which you know cut through all these different layers and, and take you through the, to the self. And that was my experience. And that I talk about in the book, the first time I tried sky breath, you know, when initially there's some fidgeting in the body, some, some sensations in the body. And then I pay my attention to the breath and all these thoughts come out, all these random memories come from nowhere. It's only later that I realized that the breath work, the sky breath was guiding me through. It was cutting through all these different layers. Amazing. Right, right. Mm -hmm. And at one point, you go and then, poof, you, you slip into that nothingness, where, wow. where you there is no, no there is nothing there. There is, you feel so light. You feel, it's just, it's very difficult to experience, <laughs> explain that experience. But it's just very experiential. I understand. I understand what you're talking about. Yes, I've never been there, but I know because. I talk to people that have been there, you know, not to mention, right, the time flies, you can be sitting for three hours, and you think, in fact, um, uh, you know, Scott Drew's book, he talked that he would be sitting at the table, and seven hours later, he figured out, you know, he's still there kind of thing, <laughs> you know, so I understand that. It's awesome. All right, it's like this has been, you know, this has been a brilliant, you know, conversation. I love every part of it. So, yeah, so your book is called On a Wing and a Prayer. So you just told us, basically, I think, what's, what's in the book. I don't know if you want to add anything more. Um, and you can just tell our listeners and those watching on TV where they can get your book. Tell us about your website. Tell us about your handle on social media so that they can connect with you. And, and how, I'm not sure um, if, I'm sure that you're teaching hybrid somewhere. So um, how they can actually, um, you know, connect with you to get that. Sure. Um, the, the book is available on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, you can get it from my website. The links are on my website. Uh, it's my first name and last name, kushalchoksi.com. 
Um, my social handle that I'm most active on right now is on Instagram. Um, and my handle is Choksi, my last name, followed by numbers 108. So it's at Choksi108. Um, and yeah, I, you know, the, the, I facilitate Sky Breath. It, the, the details of which can also be found on my website. Um, and through the foundation, the Art of Living Foundation, uh, where I volunteer my time. So you could go to artofliving.org and look up Sky Breath Meditation. There are hundreds of uh, volunteer teachers like me who facilitate this workshop in different cities. And, and now everything is online, so it doesn't matter where you are. Right, right, right. Hey, that is awesome. You know, my regular listeners know that um, I will have links to your website and um, your Instagram handle. Um, I will link out to both the Art of Living and your personal website. And, um, of course, there will be a transcript of our conversation. So that anybody that's missed anything, go by um, the, the show page, which is blog.myhelps.us. I'm definitely going to be following you and um, on Instagram as well. Um, so when the episode is ready, I will definitely tag you on that. So yeah, um, and I will definitely get your book. Um, I, I definitely want to improve my connection to self. You know, I doubt that I've been there really, but because <laughs> I haven't gone through those six layers. <laughs> I I think I'm. I mean, talking with you, I have a feeling. You know. You really know your your stuff, and you're so unassuming in that sense. But yes, I would love to hear your thoughts once you get the, the yes, chance. Definitely, we'll do, we'll do, we'll do. So, so thank you, um, Kishal. Like I said, it's been it's been wonderful. You know, God saved you from the twin towers, um, so that you can do this work. You know, this is your purpose, and um, yeah, um, we all read, but. A lot of us don't know how to do it. <laughs> and we know, do it we do it wrong twenty five thousand times a day. Yeah, we do. We do. I know that. I know that. So I mean, I'm conscious of it and I try, but I'm probably I'm still obviously doing it wrong. But, you know, I'm doing it a little better than most. <laughs> you know, because you know, I um great. Yeah. So but anyway, so listen guys. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Transform Your Mind to Transform Your Life. Michelle, it's been a pleasure. Um, any last words um, that you want to leave for our listeners? I think it's been, a, it's been a phenomenal honor and pleasure to be with all of you, and, and thank you for, for having me. Uh, I also want to say if you want to um, try, uh, have a little taste of this Sky Breath Workshop, um, you go to Art of Living website, and they also have, um, I believe, an hour-long introductory session. They're, they're free sessions that you can dial in through your um, through a Zoom call or something from your computer. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I recommend all of you to, to, to try that and see that it's for you. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Why not? You have nothing to lose. Yeah. <laughs> Only to gain. Only to gain. All right, guys. Well, listen. Thank you. Um, uh, for tuning in, and um, until next time, namaste.